Welcome in everybody to the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Guevara. And with me as always is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we bring to you guys the Thanksgiving special episode of the Varsity Breakdown. And we're going to change things up a little bit as we're going to kick this episode off with a little bit of basketball. Finally, the tip-off for basketball has happened, and I know you're excited about it. And why don't you start off by breaking us down? And I'm sorry, I didn't even get a chance to let you speak. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, uh, Like you said, this is the Thanksgiving special episode. Me, I'm I'm riding on a different high today. I, I actually got to bring my son home today from the NICU, so I am extremely elated right now. And we're absolutely happy to have him home, man. It's seemed like it was uh, taking a little longer than he used uh, usually does, but hey, he's looks well, and I was finally glad to meet him and excited for you guys, and can't wait to see uh, on your new adventure. Yeah, it was definitely a long time coming, but back to the matter at hand. Uh, we had a total of four games go on uh, this past week. Um, the first being kicked off by the. Casa Grande Cougars, uh, the boys are at home and the girls were uh, away against Sienega. The boys put on a, a strong show of defense, but overall they need to work on their scoring. They had so many points where they had steals and, and created turnovers, but they weren't able to capitalize on their defense and score. And what do you think was the reason for that? Was that just probably new season jitters, you know, being the first game, everybody comes out a little bit nervous or... Or do you think Sienega was that much better than them? Um, I, I, I think it's too early to tell whether one team was uh, was better than the other right now. Um, obviously, by the, the final score, Sienega got the best of, of the Cougars. But I, I think that it, it's a little bit of, of first-game jitters and not having your team complete. Because, yeah. because I know that there's quite a bit of the Casa Grande team that are uh, partially missing because a lot of those players are still in football. Right, right. And so you have to fill some of those holes and be able to compete. But uh, is there anybody uh, as far as this game that kind of shined a little bit, uh, even though they lost? Yeah, they had quite a few uh, players, like I said, show some defensive prowess. There's uh, DJ Walker. He had two steals in the game. And also Devin Miramontes. He had also three steals in the game as well. Anybody uh, that stands out to you as far as the scoring in goes or was it kind of like spread out the majority of the game yeah it was a little bit spread out uh as far as offense their their main scorer from this game was anthony garcia uh he stringed together five three-pointers and that was basically their offense for the entire game okay well we'll see uh what casa grand uh, can do moving forward uh who, who's their next matchup going to be against um they'll actually be competing in the joe parton memorial tournament this friday at Coolidge High School. Okay. Well, we'll go a little bit more into detail about that uh, tournament coming up. Uh, let's move over to the Lady Cougars. Uh, how did they fare against uh, Cienega? Um, unfortunately, they dropped their game as well. Um, but we were actually to get a little bit more info on this game. Number 11, sophomore Cadence Apcall. She had nine points, one assist, and five rebounds in this contest. That's um, a pretty good stat line. Yes, sir. Uh, number 22, senior Juliet Graves. Also had nine points, three assists, and four rebounds in this game. But the overall shining star from the Cougars, who ended up being the player of the game, according to Max Preps, was Sienna White. The sophomore put up 12 points and 
10 rebounds. I mean, she pulled off a double-double in her first game of the season. Uh, and like and like I mentioned before, she's just a sophomore, so that's plenty of time to improve on that game that's already doing you know really well. There's a, a lot to be thankful for and look forward to if you're the Cougars right now. Yeah, you know, it's still early in the season. There's plenty of basketball left to play uh, as far as uh, the season goes. Uh, you know, we got, like we said, there's a couple tournaments coming up. And we'll see uh, how uh, Cass Grand, uh, both uh, the uh, boys and girls team, kind of bounce back uh, here this weekend. But uh, moving on, we have uh, the Florence Gophers was another team that played this week. And uh, how did the uh, boys uh, do? They were home? Or? Yeah, the boys actually played at home, and they won 76-69 to 69 in a close battle. Um, not a whole lot to tell right now. Um, as far as uh, stats and details go on... Still waiting for the inputs. Yeah, we're still waiting on that to be input. Um, but for uh, what to look forward to for the Gophers is also the Joe Parton Memorial Tournament. And it, it wasn't quite the same for the girls. Uh, when they were away, they actually dropped their game 59-32 uh, against the Push Ridge Lions. Okay, so with Florence, you know, they went one and one Boys won, girls lost. Uh as far as their seasons last year, they did actually pretty good. Both teams uh, had a winning records. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys going twelve and seven, and the girls eleven and seven. Right? Yep. Uh, so you know, for the girls, they shouldn't uh, hang their heads. Is there uh, any stats uh, as far as the girls go that was inputted? We're still waiting on. Still those. waiting on that as well. Mm-hmm. The only thing that we know is that on eleven thirty. They are going to be facing Wickenburg for their next challenge. Okay. We'll have to keep our eyes on that one. And, you know, we're still kind of learning the teams as we get into this season. Like you said, uh, uh, Cass Grant's missing some players. You know, but unfortunately they didn't do that well last year. They went 3-11 and on the season. So we'll see if they can turn things around come uh, football season. I know they uh, got the, the boys football or, you know, the football team doing so well. You know, hopefully that kind of momentum carries over into the basketball season. But, you know, it's still early in the season. It's great to finally see, you know, the next phase that we're going to be moving into and starting to get to know these players uh, slowly but surely. And one of the uh, things you keep bringing up is the tournament that is going to be going on this weekend, correct? Correct. It's going to be starting on Friday. Um, It's called the Joe Parton Memorial Tournament. It's the first ever tournament or the first memorial tournament, I'm sorry, being held at Coolidge High School. Um, There's 16 schools um, total participating. Um, Just to list them off really quick, um, there's Coolidge, Florence, Santa Rita, Sequoia Pathway, Mountain View Marana, Vista Grande, Immaculate Heart, Globe High School, Rio Rico, Santan Foothills, Rincon University, Poston Butte, Sunnyside, Casa Grande, Douglas and La Jolla. That's a pretty uh, big list. And what what I like about that uh, tournament is uh, it's a lot of different teams from uh, different uh, divisions. You know, f- football. You if you would have seen Sunny Slope playing Santa Rita, we'd been like, okay, what's going on here? But mm-hmm. basketball. You know, when you move into different sports, I believe the uh, the uh, divisions are different. You know, they're not the same ones that carry over from football. Mm-hmm. So you know each. Uh, just because, uh, uh, what was it, Santa Rita could, uh, was in 2A in football, they could be 3A, 4A. It doesn't really matter. Just all about where the AIA puts them as far as the division goes. Yeah, and, and the thing that's that's great about this tournament is 
five out of our six power six teams will be participating. The only one not be, uh, participating being uh, Santa Cruz Valley. Um, there's going to be a lot to look forward to. I, I don't know how exactly it's going to turn out as far as who will be the victor of this tournament. But I know that towards the end of it, towards Saturday, we'll be getting a good guess of what we have to look forward to as far as this basketball season and how it unfolds. So that tournament's going to be kicking off at 9 a.m. Your first game is going to be Coolidge versus Florence. I know it's the day after Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to be stuffed up with turkey. Hungover. Hungover, (laughs) probably. Yep, you're right about that. You know, um, of course, if you're of age. But... um, Either way, it's a, you know it's a great way to wake up, get yourself a good cup of coffee, whatever your uh, caffeine of choice is, and you know head out over there and check out this tournament because you're going to be able to see a lot of different teams that you're not going to get to see on a regular basis, and it allows us to, uh, like you said, we got five out of the six teams from our Power Six going to be there, so it's going to allow us to be able to see what these teams are about how um, we can actually finally uh, be able to scout them, and which we didn't get to do for football until the season started. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that tournament. And you guys get out there and check it out because, uh, you know, we got a lot of listeners here from different schools that, uh, you know, we follow. And I know you guys j- uh, will enjoy some basketball come Friday morning. So get out and show, some support, show your support and – Let's have a good time this weekend. You know, we're going to try to uh, stay for as long as we can uh, for that tournament. And hopefully we uh, get to see some great uh, basketball games uh, throughout that tournament. But then, of course, Friday night, we got a little bit of an exciting matchup uh, between the Grand Cougars and the St. Mary Knights. Yeah, uh, but before we get into that matchup between the Grande Cougars and the St. Mary's Knights, let's talk about what happened last Friday when they faced off with number 15, Deer Valley. So that game finished 33-17. to 17. Of course, uh, the Cougars came out on top. But uh, even though they won by 16 points, I think it was a lot closer going into halftime than we expected, for sure. Oh, for sure. I called it. I, I, I'm not trying to, to be the one that says, yeah, it's me. But, yeah, I knew that it wasn't going to be a matchup that was going to be a, a complete you know, walkthrough. Like I said, it was going to take them a little while to figure it out, and that's what happened. It, it, unfortunately, they had a little bit of a scare. Well, a couple of scares throughout this game. We'll get into that eventually. But there was a point where it looked like Deer Valley was going to overtake the Cougars and eventually take, just take and, over the game. Yeah, and take the lead at halftime. If you guys didn't follow the game, uh, I believe late into the second quarter, the Cougars were up 14-10. to 10. But uh, Deer Valley uh, had just gotten a turnover. I believe it was a fumble uh, by the Cougars punt returner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fumbled the ball, I think, the Cougars 35-yard line. It was a tough one off the chest. Yeah, you know, it, and it was uh, something that it could have been a clean uh, clean catch, but unfortunately it wasn't. He fumbled it, wasn't able to recover. So it gave Deer Valley an opportunity with, I think, a minute or less to be able to score and try to take the lead at halftime. And they were on the drive. They got to the 20-yard line, and DeAndre Kelly makes one of the most amazing plays that I've seen all season by a defensive player. He gets an interception and actually returns it 100 yards as time expired to give the uh, Cougars the lead uh, 21-10 to at halftime. 
Yeah, it, it was an amazing sight because we were slowly watching the home crowd get deflated as we watched Deer Valley march up the field. And if it wasn't for DeAndre's stop, that could have been a completely different game. That would have, have made the game, I believe, 14 uh, or 13 to 16. And uh, it, except, uh, it would have actually been uh, 13 to 14. 13 to 14. Or if they would have scored a touchdown, 17 yeah, it, 14. It, it, would, it would have been a totally different game, but they have a, a lot to be thankful for when they look at DeAndre Kelly because if it wasn't for that stop, who knows if we would be talking about the matchup between St. Mary's and, and the Cougars. It could very well be Deer Valley and St. Mary's. Yeah, you could see the uh, momentum uh, definitely swinging. Uh, once DeAndre uh, had that interception, returned it to the house, it swung everything back in favor for the Cougars because Rudy Gonzalez, I mean, that dude at quarterback, he kept the plays alive for Deer Valley all night long. And sometimes I felt like he held on to the football a little bit too long trying to make a play where he could have possibly maybe uh, ran the ball and gained some yards because he uh, finished with two, uh, 204 passing yards, but he finished with two interceptions and no touchdowns. So, But at the same time, there was a lot of times that the Cougars defense was in that backfield ready to sack him, and he looked like a uh, young uh, Michael Vick out there just scrambling away. Just mobile able to, to, to put on the wheels when he needed to. And you could see that it frustrated the Cougars a little bit on defense, but uh, a credit to their defense as well. Like you said, they got two interceptions and they stopped him from scoring any kind of, uh, of passing touchdowns. But uh, to go back to their uh, offense, there was a lot of times where uh, there were penalties called, where things got called back, or, or, or the, that also had a... a a definite part in shifting momentum. Absolutely. Um, so that's one of the things that I had uh, brought up last week is because you, you, uh, whenever I had said that the game was going to be pretty easy for the Cougars, you said not so fast. And I gave you a few reasons as to what the Cougars had to do in order to have a dominant win. And those two things, they did the worst that night, which was their penalties and their turnovers. Like you said, penalties were costing them, moving them back, uh, you know, and they would have big plays and they would get called back. Um, but at the same time, I think they had five turnovers Friday night, uh, three of them on the offense or uh, four of them on the offense. And then, of course, the uh, fumbled uh, punt return. But it seemed like um, according to, you know, some of the players that we talked to after the game, they weren't used to uh, they hadn't had it in a while where. Uh, the play, defensive players were trying to punch out the ball from uh, from their hands or, you know, when they're running. And you've seen uh, R.J. Keaton fumble the ball a couple of times because of that, and it kind of shifted everything from the game. The Cougars couldn't gain that momentum, but at the same time, their defense does what they do, and they keep them in the ball game without giving an, uh, up a lot of points. But I don't know how much longer they can continue to do that without it being very costly. Because it almost cost them, you know, right at halftime. It cost them in the second half when they had opportunities to put uh, Deer Valley away a long, like way into the third quarter. But at the end of the day, they get the job done, as always. And they're moving on to play St. Mary's. And I will say to the Cougars moving forward, you got to clean it up a little bit. You know, every time we go out there and see them, that's the thing that always kind of bites them in the butt is penalties and turnovers. 
Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure that's something that Coach Burrow uh, made a point to, to his team was that they definitely got some things to clean up, but they also have a lot of things to be proud of. They didn't allow themselves to get down when they faced adversity. Um, uh, to credit one of their seniors, Aiden, to see him get his team hyped up, especially when uh, there were a couple of points in the game where there were really low points. Uh, for example, when one of the Deer Valley players went down and didn't get up. And that was a scary moment. And it was it was definitely a, a, an eye opener for everybody on that you know in that stadium. Um, but whenever the EMTs had arrived and and when he had gotten word that the player was you know going to be okay and he was just awaiting medical attention, he hyped up his sidelines. He he didn't allow his team to get complacent or 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 become lazy. He he made sure that they stayed up when the time was appropriate to, you know, to get off a knee. And that whole team was just in sync. And they they need to maintain that focus moving on to the next round. They can't allow um, stupid things like uh, chirping from the other sideline, especially, you know, I understand, you know, when we were waiting for the players, we saw um, a couple of the players get, you know, upset with the officiating team about a, a couple of things that happened. But uh, not trying to defend the Zebras as well, but watching them walk off the field they felt some type of way of how things happened during that night because they you know it was it was there was nothing dirty about the play where 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 the kid got hurt but they they felt responsible you could tell a couple of them when they were walking they they were definitely hanging their heads and and did not make eye contact with anybody that they felt bad about what happened but fortunately the kid is fine we we learned from uh ben gutierrez that that the kid suffered a concussion, but thankfully he's able to to mm-hmm. celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday with his family just like everybody else. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, never a pretty sight to see a player go down like that, especially when they're not moving. And, you know, it was for quite a while that they didn't, uh, you know, see any, we didn't see any mo- movement from him. But, you know, as far as uh, that goes, it's just kind of like, it's a time, but you know, to be around your family and he gets to do that. You know, and at the end of the day, man, it's just a game. You know, I know it means a lot to people, but at the end of the day, you, you know, when you take that helmet off, you hang up those pads, you're still a person at uh, at the end of the day. You're a family member. You're somebody's uh, kid. Yeah, that was somebody's you know, son. Some, yeah, right somebody's there. brother. And, you know, you, you feel for the mom who was on that sideline, you know, not knowing what was going on with her kid. And it's just like, uh, when those things happen, you can't let the emotions, you know, get the best of you, whether it's, you know, chirping at the at the referees or whether it's fans chirping from the other side, because, you know, we heard it on both sides. Mm-hmm. You hear it on both sides. And but that's that's what sports is, what it what it's come to is a lot of the uh, commotion comes from the people not even playing the game. And that's where the uh, players got to block that out. And stay focused, and Cass Grant did that, and they were able to, you know, because I thought, and I don't think Deer Valley would do this, but I was expecting from things I've seen in the past is Deer Valley coming out trying to take t- uh, cheap shots at uh, Cass Grant for hurting one of their guys, or, you know, they know that they can't win the game anymore, and they're going to try to hurt one of their best players before uh, next week's matchup. Yeah, And unfortunately, uh, you know what, we didn't see it, and that's amazing. You know, it was a professionalism on both sides, you know, and like I said, I mean, we heard players on both sides chirping. It's going to happen. We, you heard it in the stands, but, you know, it comes a time, though, where 
we need to uh the players need to know okay once the the last whistle blows there's no reason left to talk whether you do uh your jumping jacks on the on the uh the field or anything like that after that when people are leaving hey let's just worry about next week you ain't gotta worry about uh the team you just beat you know and i hope that moving forward uh that casa grand keeps that professionalism and you know keeps it going because it could have turned bad really quickly after that injury yeah it could have and like you said it it was it was great to see that type of uh character from both sides and and to see that deer valley what even though faced with that type of fear and 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 uncertainty that they they played the rest of the game with class and even at the end of the game it, it was tough to see some of their seniors walk off you know so emotional but then you you know what that feels like to 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 have that chance and then to not you know to come so close and then to to have it just end abruptly. But at the same time, uh, getting to speak with uh, some of the parents from Deer Valley, we could see why that group was, you know, such a not only talented class group, act, man. but they were they were such a classy group of people. Um, quarterback uh, uh, Rudy, his father, um, senior, um, was a great person to talk to, and 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 to see his belief in his son, and and to harp on the bright side of things to see that his team hadn't been or that school hadn't been in the playoffs, I think in over a decade. And for them to make it this far was something to be proud about because they have done something that teams not even 10 years ago were able to do. Yeah. They'll definitely be back. I mean, Rudy, he's only a junior. Uh, they got some young uh, guys on that squad, but um, Casa Grand, like we always say, they, they handled uh, adversity very well. Uh, you know, R.J. Keaton, man, dude, was a rushing machine. 220 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Angel Flores, I think this was the first game maybe all year that he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. But you know what? When R.J.'s uh, handling the ball, you know, the run game is that that impressive. I mean, we always say it, uh, you, you only need uh, so much. Yeah, but, they were they were extremely run heavy. There was only two passes to meet uh, Demetrius Garrett. Um, totaling 25 yards, and then only a 41-yard bomb to Ant- Anthony Flores. Other than that, like you like you said, it was pretty much just an R.J. Keaton show. And unfortunately, there were a couple of times where that ball got punched out. But speaking to him after the game, like you had said, this is the first time where they had faced a defense who wasn't afraid to throw hands and to try to rip that ball out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, hopefully it's something that they get corrected coming into uh, St. Mary's because – St. Mary's uh, did the unthinkable and uh, upsetted uh, Buckeye Union. I had uh, St. Mary's winning, I believe, that game, or did so? We, I think we, we, both, think did. we both did, right? And so uh, they actually uh, did. Uh, it was a close game. St. Mary's wins thirty four thirty one, but I didn't really think that they were going to be able to pull it off just because of their offense. It, it does. It's not a very high scoring machine, you know. Uh, they they mostly run the ball pass uh sporadically but at the same time they got it done and you know that's who uh Casa Grand's gonna have to face and it's another team that uh, we always say you got to play your best ball or if you leave a team like that sticking around uh heading into the fourth quarter it could get interesting yeah I I feel the same but I think that this team will be an easier test this this uh this by no means is is something an indicator for the team to take their foot off the gas. No, this is a team that should be an easier test. I'm saying that this is the same amount of questions 
just a little bit easier answers. Like you said, they're not a high, uh, highly productive offensive team. It seems, based off of their stats, that they seem to spread the wealth as far as you know getting the ball around on offense. But I feel like the way they, they upset the last team that they played was pure luck, and that luck isn't going to be enough when they go into Al Van Hazel Stadium and have to face the pride of Casa Grande, have to face that raucous crowd that's going to be there because, you know, it, it was tough to get parking there for this game. Imagine what it's going to be like for the next game. Oh, man, I had to park on the other side of the school, and that never happened any time we went to their games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's playoff football, and we are into the final eight with those teams. Casa Grande will be taking on St. Mary's. Come check it out Friday night. We'll be there again. So I'm very interested to see how Casa Grande can finally put all the pieces of the puzzle and have the perfect game because it's not going to get any easier from here. If they win, and we're hoping they win, they're going to take on the winner between Mesquite and Lee Williams. I think Mesquite pulls that one out, but at the same time, it's that's the number three team in all of 4A. And it will be a good test for Cass Graham for sure if they're able to get uh, past St. Mary's. Definitely. And and speaking to Coach Luna after the game, he was almost certain that they they would be facing uh, Mesquite as well. No disrespect to uh, Lee Williams. Lee Williams. Uh, uh, never mind. I'll, I'll take that back. I'll give him a little disrespect because they beat the prospectors, and I was hoping <laughs> that they they would lose last week. But um, that you know they are the Mesquite is the team that is more known to be dominant in this division or uh in this conference so it's not uncharacteristic of Casa Grande to to look forward to Mesquite over Lee Williams but it would be who of them to look into Lee Williams just in case they are able to pull one over and you know I'm the type of person I know that uh some people look ahead you know who you could possibly face but at the end of the day if you don't take care of St. Mary's you ain't, there ain't no other round and you know they got to go in there and they have to dominate that game from the start to the end. There ain't no reasons that they should be having 10-plus penalties a game. You know, three, I, I'm going to say even two, not three, but two or more turnovers a game. You got If you're going to be the best in the state, you got to prove it. And this is where it's going to start. They get a fresh start, and they get to show people why they want to be state champions, why they uh, deserve everybody's respect. At the same time, they got to clean it up a little bit, and I think they will. Yeah, they definitely will. I, I have zero doubts that they'll come into this game completely lost. I mean, unless that gravy is just hitting a little bit different on Thursday, but I, I, I don't see any reason why that focus gets derailed and Casa Grande ends up losing this game. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think uh, you're right on it. It just, I think they need to. As far as what's uh, coming down the road, if they can't clean it up this game, I don't know when they're going to be able to. And they're running out of time as far as doing that. Right. Because like like we said, you, you win that game, you play the winner between Lee Williams Mesquite. I think it's going to be Mesquite. Then after that, you have Canyon de Oro and Glendale playing each other and Poston Butte and Prescott. Uh, you know, uh, those are four teams, even though they beat Canyon de Oro, it's like playing a team a second round, you know, when they've already played you. You you you, you know them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not going to get any easier. So I think they need to clean it up now. Uh, you know, hopefully they will. 
and we're going to come find that out on Friday night. And I think they put the smacking on St. Mary's. I think they do too. Three more games. After this one, two. As soon as, like you said, don't think too far ahead. Just plan for now. Game by game. Game by game. Knock out St. Mary's and then look forward to your next opponent. Knock that opponent out and then guess what? You're in the championship game. And while we have it up here, you know, we're talking about this 4A tournament. Of course, we're picking Casa Grande to beat St. Mary's. There's no there's no questioning that one. Uh, are we unanimous Mesquite's going to beat Lee Williams, or do you have any concerns on that one? No, not at all. I, as far as I know, as, as looking into Mesquite as, as dominant as they were in the regular season, I don't see any future where Lee Williams puts them away mm-hmm. unless, I, again, like I said, that that gravy is smacking and and they're and a little you, bit yeah off. you got to come to play uh you know it's it's gonna uh be a game where hey you got to get that good night's sleep even though you want to stay up with the family stay up late you know responsibilities uh are more important but uh so we got mesquite winning glendale versus canyon de oro that's gonna be a good one i i, I even though canyon de oro's uh number 12 seed is gonna be very uh interesting to see uh how Glendale fares against them. Cause I think, uh, Kenny de Oro, the issues that they had, uh, uh, in the earlier in the week, uh, with their bus situation to drive five and a half hours down to Lake Havasu and beat them 35, 21. I mean, they got a little bit of momentum coming into this game. Oh, definitely. If you, if you drive that far to lay the smack down, come back home, your next ride out, no matter how far it is, is not going to be an issue. I think, that Canyon Del Oro definitely has a shot, but if they make it past the next round, and like you said, they they know uh, Casa Grande a little bit better, but I don't, I don't think that they 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 have enough now to put away a team like Casa Grande. Casa Grande is just way too powerful on offense, and, and their defense is way too talented to allow a team that they've already beat out you know outplay them, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. So are you gonna go with uh, Glendale or CDO? I'll go Glendale. Glendale. Yeah, that's a, I think we're on the same page here. Then you go into Post and Butte and Prescott. I think Post and Butte's going to sneak this one out. I think it's going to be close. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, they struggled against Northwest Christian. It was a high-scoring game, 39-37. But Prescott uh, wasn't that impressive either. I mean, they won 14-6 to against uh, Bradshaw Mountain. So I'm going to go with uh, Post and Butte on that one. I'd like to hear your opinion. I think that Post and Butte will eventually win it, but I don't. I, I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game, um, based off their last game against Northwest Christian. They 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 looked unprepared for that matchup. They won on a whim because it, I, uh, um, I think we heard it was the last second play, correct? Mm-hmm. So if you take away six points, it was thirty-seven, thirty-three going into the last play of the game, but. Uh, they struggled against the number 16 seed. Um, we always talk about the Post and Butte Casa Grande issue. And, you know, we won't go into much of that. I think people got enough of that last week. Yeah, but, that's uh, beating a dead horse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, uh, those are your uh, final eight right there. But uh, Casa Grande's going to have to, you know, do what they do. It's going to be a good, uh, good way to uh, stretch out uh, after uh, – having all this uh, turkey that you're talking about and mm-hmm. you're already making me hungry, man. I'm getting really excited about that. But I think that'll actually uh, wrap up our Thanksgiving special. Uh, you know, we didn't want to go too long. Uh, uh, at the same time, is there anything that uh, you wanted to mention that uh, we didn't get to bring up so far? Um, 
Not, not really much uh, I want to mention, but just a question. I know this is probably going to be, you know, something you, you're you going to be asked, uh, you know, around the table. But what are you most thankful for this year? I think I'm most thankful for having the support of every project that I've done this year, uh, whether that's being in school, uh, the things that I post on social media, uh, this varsity breakdown, you know, your help, people making shirts for us and stuff like that. It's uh, I didn't realize how much support and how much love I get from people, uh, not only around uh, Pinal County, but even out in Tucson. I mean, to even meet Chris uh, Kidney for from the Southern Arizona podcast is just it's so much that I wasn't expecting whenever we um, started doing this, whenever I started posting stuff, it's just kind of like overwhelmed me about how much support I really do have out there. But what about yourself? Um, this year, I, you know what? I've, I've learned that I'm really grateful for doctors. Like uh, I don't really mention this a lot, but my son was diagnosed with spina bifida. And for a while we were living in Houston for about a month. And uh, if it wasn't for the great doctors at Herman Memorial Hospital, uh, there's probably a slight chance that my son would still be in the NICU and, and life would be totally different. But I'm thankful for them, the great doctors, nurses, and staff from Phoenix Children's Hospital, and all my family and friends for the support that I get, not only, you know, in these trying times with uh, with family and everything throughout the pandemic and all that. I have a, quite a lot to be thankful for, and, and you especially, bro. Like, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that, that we were able to get together, collaborate on this, and, and to see steady growth on it, and to not only get the satisfaction of of getting, you know, like, hey, man, you see this, that this is performing well and this and that, but to get the the type of interaction that we get out of these young kids and to see them so interested in what we're doing and and not, not only the kids that are still in, but the kids that are out of school and they're like, man, I wish you were just a, uh, just a little bit, you know, earlier and then you could yeah. have did, you know, our stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it's just been really great. And I just want to say thanks, bro. Like, I really do appreciate you taking me on for this ride. Oh, man, I, you know, it's... I didn't expect uh, things to take off the way that they did. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I got to thank you, of course, is kind of like all the hours we put into this. It's it's crazy, you know, with your situation, you know, with me working full time, going to school full time. It's we don't have a lot of hours that we can, you know, dedicate to something like this and we make it work. And it's and it's been a great journey so far. And, you know, that I got to thank you for all the time you put in as far as those graphics. I know everybody loves them. People share them, even though sometimes they don't tag us in it. But at the same time, it's it's okay. I, I just like the fact that we're getting things out there that people enjoy and they want to reuse and, you know, be able to share with the world what we're doing out here. And so, you know, I want to thank you for that because without you here, man, it, none of this is possible to sit across from you and go into, you know, details about what's going on in Pinal County as far as the sports go it's not possible without you so you know for you to accept that challenge and uh you know when I brought this up to you and uh it's kind of like sometimes I feel that you might be even more dedicated than I am sometimes just with the things you uh put in your head and then put it down on the graphic is just simply amazing so I gotta thank you for that and of course I gotta always thank my players and coaches in the schools that sit out there and support us and share all this content, content that we put out each and every week. Yeah, man. I, 
I'm really grateful. I'm really thankful. Again, I, I, I'm just really glad that we're, we're able to do this and I'm looking forward to next week. I can't wait to get the senior specials done with when we break down the, the power six seasons of, of football. Um, definitely a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's going to be fun. Uh, so speaking of those uh, season, uh, uh, senior season uh, breakdowns, it's going to be a little bit different coming in uh, to next week because we're actually going to have multiple episodes uh, throughout the week. We're going to break down Coolidge solely. We're going to talk, have a little whole segment about them as well. Uh, not only ju- the, just the football season, but what to look forward to as far as basketball for the boys and girls so you guys can get some of those names uh and get familiar with them but at the same time we're not uh we're gonna uh, break it down uh do at least uh, one team uh a day that that's the goal and then hopefully once uh casa grand uh wins the state championship we can finally go into their senior breakdown uh, later on but like you said brother happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving to all of you guys listening and we'll see you guys next week and we'll see you guys uh Friday night out at Al Van Hazel Stadium. Look forward to another Cougar win. And y'all take care. Be safe. And we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.